0: In that home, we knew we were safe To be young enough to dream Found the faith to believe Welcome to the podcast, from, from Our home, home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher head. of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive In that home Today, ladies... I'm going to start a new series. It's called The Glorious Biblical Description of a Baby Conceiving and Growing in the Womb. And of course, we're going to look at the passage in Psalm 139, verses 13 to 18. Now, perhaps you are an older mother who is listening and you think, oh, I don't need to listen to this. I'll skip this podcast. I'm past childbearing. Just a minute. Dear grandmother, dear single lady, whoever is listening, you don't have to be a mother who's having a baby to listen to this podcast. I believe that every person should hear what we're going to talk about in the next however long it takes, uh, every child, every young person, every young mother, every older mother. Because these words that we're going to look at, at, they were not written by a mother having a baby. Who wrote these words? Of course, they are the inspired words of God, but they were written by David and David was a man. He never conceived or grew a baby in his womb and yet it's a man writing about the awe and the wonder of the beginning of life. And every one of us, we began in the womb and I believe that God wants us to just understand more of the awe and wonder of it so if a man a real man could write about it I think every one of us should be listening don't you I mean who was David David was a lion and a bear killer he was a giant killer a king a mighty warrior a war strategist, a military war hero, a city builder, a skilled musician and an inventor of instruments, an anointed worshipper and writer of poems. He was a father, grandfather and great-grandfather and yet in the midst of this incredible life as, as a warrior He took time, under the inspiration of God, to write about life beginning in the womb. Recently, I was reading it over again, and I thought, I'm going to look up some of these Hebrew words. It was then that I was blown away. That's why, dear ladies, I want you to come with me and look at these at this passage in a way you've never looked at it before first of all i'm just going to read it from the new living translation and then we're going to go back to the king james and look at each hebrew word and we will see so much more than we've ever seen before this is the wonderful thing about god's word it, it it's a it's A book of adjectives and extravagant words. In fact, the words in this passage are already extravagant when we read them. But then we look them up in the Hebrew and we get more extravagant words to explain the fullness of the meaning. So you're going to find it so exciting. Oh, come with me. I am just so excited myself. But let's just read it first in the New Living Translation. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Now, let's go and find out the depths and the fullness of this this picture and this revelation God gives to us. My first point is number one, God owns us. In verse 13, it says, For thou hast possessed my reins. First of all, what are our reins? In the Hebrew, it's the word Kilgar, and physically, it's speaking of the kidneys. It's a plural word because we have two kidneys. But figuratively, because many words in the Bible are used physically and figuratively. Figuratively, the word reigns speaks of the mind and the heart, the very innermost recesses of our being. We read in Psalm uh, chapter 7, verse 9, The righteous God trieth the hearts and the reins. God looks and searches into the innermost depths of our being. And ladies, and young people, and children, and older ladies listening, we see here that God is, is involved not only in the creating of our physical body but in the creating of our inner soul and mind from the very moment of conception, he is involved in every part from the very beginning. God is working. Not only to create this physical human being, but the inner workings, the heart and the soul and the mind. Isn't that amazing? If you have a little baby growing in your womb, God is already working on the very inner part of this child too. Now it says, for thou hast possessed, possessed my reins. What does that mean? The word "possessed" in the Hebrew is kana q a n a h, and it means to create, to procure by purchase, to own, to possess. The word in most other tra- most other scriptures where that same word is used, it's translated. Uh, to purchase or to buy so god begins right at the very beginning in the womb with ownership from that moment of conception god owns the baby god owns each child he's the creator of the child he owns it. Genesis fourteen eighteen. Uh, here we have Melchizedek saying, blessed be Abraham of the highest God, possessor or owner, because that is the meaning, owner of heaven and earth. If God owns heaven and earth and everything in it, He also owns every single one of his creations. And so we are owned by God. Whatever age we are, we're owned by God. We were owned from the very beginning of conception. If we are born again and a believer in Jesus, we have been owned twice. We've been purchased twice. Once at the very beginning of our lives at conception and then Because of sin, which took us away from fellowship with God. But Jesus came and shed his blood to purchase us back. Such a beautiful thing. Now, before I was married, still living in New Zealand, uh, I used to work with Child Evangelism Fellowship. Some of you may be uh, familiar with CEF. It's a wonderful organization that reaches out to children. And before I was married, I'd often go away on trips with Child Evangelism Fellowship. And uh, we'd reach out to the children on the beaches and all the different places we could find children. We'd gather them and we would tell them stories about Jesus. We'd use flashcards and different things to gain their attention. One of the favourite stories I can remember uh, sharing with children, and I had these flashcards to go with it so the children could see the pictures uh, as they listened to the story. And I'd love to tell you the story. It won't take me a minute, but it's a beautiful story. And it's about this little boy who painstakingly built a model sailboat. He spent so many days and weeks building it. When it was finally completed, he decided to test it out in the open water close to where he lived. And uh, so off he went down to the water. This little boy loved his boat and he was so proud of it. First of all, he made sure the sails were set perfectly. And then he excitedly put the boat into the water. With great anticipation, he gently gave it a push and off it went. Oh, it sailed so perfectly. He was so excited. But unexpectedly, before the boy realised what was happening, the sailboat just kept going. It didn't stop. He hoped the wind would shift, but it didn't. The sailboat sailed rapidly off into the distance and the boy, he waded out in the water to catch it, but it had gone too far. And gradually, the boat faded off into the distance and disappeared. It was gone. His precious boat that he'd spent so much time making, he went back to his home crying to his mother What's wrong, what's wrong, she asked. Didn't it work? Oh, it worked, said the little boy, but it sailed away. And now I haven't got my boat. Sometime later, the boy was walking downtown and he passed a second-hand store. And there, can you believe it, there in the window, he saw the little sailboat that he had laboured so hard to build. So he just went up to that sailboat and he picked it up. And he said to the store owner as he was walking out, Hey, this boat's mine. And off he went out the door, holding it in his arms. But the owner shouted, Hey, wait a minute now, that's my boat. I paid someone for that boat. But the boy said, No, 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 it's my boat. I made it. Look, look at the little scratches. Look, look, this is where I put my initials on the bottom. The owner said, I'm sorry, Sonny, if you want it. You're going to have to pay for it. Well, this poor little boy, he didn't have any money. So he went home and he had to start working. He had to get jobs to earn money. And so he would ask his mummy for jobs and ask his neighbour if they had any work so they could give him some money so he could save up for his very own sailboat. He worked hard. He saved his pennies and one day he had enough money and he went back to the store and the little sailboat was still there and he bought back his own boat. And as he left the store, holding the sailboat close to his chest, he said, little boat, you're my boat. You are Twice my boat. First, you are my boat because I made you. And second, you are my boat because I bought you. And this is such a beautiful picture of us and our God. He owned us. He created us. And because He created us, He owned us and it says it right here in this scripture. He owns us right in the womb. He owned us right back there. And uh, if you have a little baby growing in your womb, your God owns your baby. Yes, it's your precious baby. But it's more God's baby. He's the one who created it. But then, of course, we turned away from God. We sinned. We, we cannot have fellowship with God when there is sin because he is a perfect God. But he sent his own beloved son, Jesus, to give his life, to buy us back. And so when we receive Christ and his salvation, we are bought again and we are owned twice. First, he owned us by creation. Second, he owns us by salvation and by giving his son to shed his precious blood for us. And there we have it. But let's go on. Verse 13 continues and it says, Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. The word covered is the Hebrew, Hebrew word zekak. And it means to fence in, to overshadow, to cover over, to protect, to hedge in, to shut up and to defend. As I said, ladies... We read these beautiful words in God's word but when we look them up in the Hebrew we get so many more words to describe the fullness of the meaning and how beautiful that is. Every baby that's growing in the womb God is covering this baby. He's overshadowing it. He's protecting it. And he's watching over it. Our daughter Samadi, she had a little baby a few months ago. But when she was only four months uh, into her pregnancy, uh, her womb, her cervix began to open and uh, it was quite scary for a little while. She went to the hospital and they were very concerned um, about it. And um, she had to go on bed rest so she was on bed rest for a few days and they wanted her to come back so they could keep checking her Uh, and they were hoping that they would be able to just uh, stitch up uh, and give her a cervical uh, circlage and uh, stitch it up but when she went back it was still too soft and they couldn't even do the circlage so... Back to bed rest And so she called out for prayer And uh, we prayed over that little baby And prayed that God would close up her cervix and, And protect and hedge and shut in this little baby While it grew in the womb And God was so good He answered that prayer And when she went back again She was fine It was just a miracle and she carried her baby to full term. That was such a beautiful miracle. Now this same word that is used here to cover and to hedge in and overshadow the baby in the womb is the same word uh, that is used of the cherubims in the Holy of Holies. You will know that in the Holy of Holies they had the Ark of the Covenant and on the Ark of the Covenant there was the Mercy Seat and over the Mercy Seat there were the cherubims and the Bible tells us how they their faces looked down on the Mercy Seat. Now talking about the Holy of Holies and the tabernacle it says here in Exodus twenty five twenty. And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering, they covered the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Down toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. And they were looking downward, downward with awe and wonder. They couldn't believe it because in the Ark of the Covenant, Uh, was the law, and uh, nobody could keep that law. But over the law was the mercy seat. Speaking of Christ and shedding his precious blood, just as the high priest had to go in once a year and sprinkle the blood over the mercy seat. And that covered the law that nobody could keep. And it's only through Christ that we can uh, find salvation. And then uh, we go on to, um, I don't think I, yes, I did write the scripture about the cherubim in the temple. Now, when Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, in First Chronicles 28, verse 18, it says, Again, that the cherubims, they spread out their wings and they covered the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Uh, Other scriptures. I always like to look up other scriptures that use exactly the same word. And so the word we have for the God covering the baby in the womb, uh, we get other pictures. Let's look at Exodus 33 twenty two twenty three and it shall come to pass while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. This was God speaking to Moses because Moses wanted to see God, but oh he couldn't see the face of God. But God said I'll just cover you with my hand and I'll just let my glory pass by you so you can stay alive. Psalm one four, He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. Psalm 140. 100 and, oh, I've written something wrongly here, but The scripture is, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Isn't that good? Starts off, God covers the little precious baby in the womb. But then when we get out into life, he's still covering us. And he even covers our head in the day of battle to protect us. But do you remember this word to cover also means to defend. Now that's very powerful, to defend. God is not only covering the baby in the womb, he is defending it. God is the defender of the baby in the womb. Psalm 5 Verse 11 says, and it's the same word that's used to cover the baby in the womb, the same word, it says that God defends those who put their trust in him. But dear ladies, because God is the defender of the baby in the womb, don't you think that we should also be defenders Of the baby in the womb? This is an hour in society when babies in the womb are at terrible risk. We've had 60 precious million babies murdered since Roe versus Wade. Oh my, why is that? Have we not been defending? Have God's people been too silent? What does it say in Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9? These are the two scriptures immediately before that scripture we all know. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? Just before that scripture it says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the dumb for the rights of all who are destitute open your mouth judge righteously defend defend the rights of the poor and needy dear precious ladies we must be defenders of babies in the womb we defend our own babies in the womb. We stand up to defend babies in other people's womb. We stand up against abortion. We are not silent. We cannot be silent. God expects us to stand up. And this is often uh, a challenge that comes to mothers. I mean, especially older mothers as they uh, go in for their checkups with doctors. Precious ladies, we don't have to go through all those tests because we wouldn't do anything about it anyway, even if there was something wrong with our baby. Because we believe in life. We defend the baby in the womb. And we must remember that God has not finished while the baby is in the womb. Sometimes an ultrasound can show up something that doesn't look right or the baby is behind where it should be. But God is bigger. God is doing his thing in his time. I remember meeting a lovely young mother just recently and uh, ultrasound showed up that her baby had great problems in the womb and course, that put great fear into her and great negativity during her pregnancy. That is the problem. These tests only put fears and negativities into young mothers. And uh, anyway, her father said the very same words that I said to her. Look, God hasn't finished yet. Trust God. He is working. He is creating your baby. Trust him. And this baby was born and uh, the problems that they diagnosed did not come to pass. And how many precious babies have been diagnosed with this and that and even Down syndrome, and when they're born, if the mother keeps them, they are born perfectly fine. Even if they aren't born perfectly, they are still life and they are still God's creation, and we must defend the babies. Now, right while I am speaking, there is a movie that is in some of the theatres in our nation. It's called Gosnell, and it's about this uh, abortion serial killer who just aborted so many babies. It's a true story. And I actually haven't been to it yet, and I am hoping to go after this weekend because I have to go away and speak this weekend. Now, if this... Maybe you missed this movie. Maybe it didn't even come to your theatres. In fact, it came to the AMCC theatres near us. And the very first weekend it played, it rose to number 10 movie in the nation. Now, that's pretty good. And you would think that the theatre would keep it going, but no... They uh, just put it to the times of 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, that people who are working could not go to see it. And uh, I was wanting to go, but I could not go in the day. I had too much to do in the day. And uh, they didn't even put it on at night. And then it abruptly disappeared from all the AMC theatres. So we have been calling. And I am encouraging others to call too. Um, If you have an AMC theatre near you and it didn't come to you or it just came very quickly, you can call them at 913-213-2000 and ask them, why didn't this movie continue when it was very popular? Fortunately, we have just found another... a place where they are showing it in a different theater and we will have to travel to go and see it but we're going to see it because apparently it is just the most powerful movie that's ever been um put together on this subject and it's something that the whole nation needs to see so we'll see what happens there but let's be defenders of mothers and babies and especially of precious babies growing in the womb. Well, lovely ladies, we have just started out on this glorious description, and uh, we're going to find many wonderful more discoveries as we continue. But we'll continue next week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are our creator you are the creator of the baby in the womb. Lord God, from the very beginning of conception you give life and you hover and overshadow the baby in the womb. You own that baby from the moment of conception. We thank you that you are so involved, oh God. Oh Father, help us to see that Lord, you are involved. And when babies are hampered and and with and when they are murdered in the womb, oh God, that we, we are sinning against you, oh God, the very creator, the life giver. Oh Father, we cry out to you for the babies in the womb and for your protection over them. We pray for a change of heart in mothers, Lord, we pray, oh God, that you will move in our nation and there will come change in the laws in, uh, in abortion. We pray that more and more will become defenders of the baby in the womb. Help us to always be defenders of the baby in the womb and that we will open our mouths for the babies who cannot open their mouths. Oh God, we ask this in the precious name of Jesus.